All right, welcome into another episode of the Hoopball Celtics podcast presented by Hoopball. I am your host, Patrick Lamprey, here with my co-host, Lucas Kaner. How are you doing today, Lucas? You know, I'm doing pretty well, man. Um, you know, glad to see us finish tonight with a win as opposed to, you know, a 19-point lead. But, you know, other than that game the other night, I'm doing just fine. Yeah, man, we got our revenge against the Cavs, and I got a little scared at first because, you know, I saw some Taco Fall minutes, and I was like, oh, the revenge game narrative. Taco Fall is going to come in here and just lay the hammer on us and, and really just play extremely well and give us problems tonight. But that wasn't the case. We were able to skip by with a 98-92 uh, victory, and Celtics are are now, you know, not doing too terrible, two two and one in the last three games, and and kind of marching through. They should be three and zero in these last three games, but uh, blow that nineteen point loss was kind of tough. Yeah, honestly, you can kind of say that the Celtics, uh, you know, going over the course of their last seven games or so, or I should say eight games, they could they should have won the Bulls game. Honestly, you know, I'm not going to say that one didn't really go down to the wire. The Bulls won by fourteen. Um, we should have won the Mavericks. We're not should have won the Mavericks game, but we were in it right until the very end. And, you know, we definitely should have won the Cavaliers game. So, you know, we have five wins. We sh- we could really have eight. So, uh, you know, things are definitely trending in a positive direction for the Celtics. Yeah, absolutely. I think I think this team, we've, despite the offensive woes that we've been seeing, like we understand they're not shooting the ball well and they're not looking good offensively. But like coming into the season, I, I think that was our biggest concern, right? Where is the shooting going to come from on this team? Where's the scoring going to really come from outside of the Jays? And it's it's really been evident that this team does lacks a lot of scoring and shooting ability. But we also were – preseason was like this team's going to be really good defensively. And we just started to see that pick up and really just take off at this point. At this point, like this team is really good defensively and have shown it consistently now that it's time for us to focus on the offensive side ball. Let's see what we can do to make our job easier now on that side. Oh, yeah. I mean, the defense has really come to the light over the last few weeks, couple weeks, um, just routinely holding teams to – like you texted me earlier today, you said, what is this, the uh, early 2000s? Like, you know, the Celtics are routinely in 91-89 um, games. Uh, 98-92, you know, the Heat game and the Magic game. We both held teams under 80. Um, so, you know, the defense is very evident. But, yeah, you know, the offense is – it's rough to say the least. I mean, tonight I just could not – it was pretty brutal to watch a lot of the offensive possessions tonight. Um, like you said, you know, the scoring and the shooting, you know, especially with Jay out. That has to come from somewhere, and it, and it doesn't look too pretty uh, where it's coming from. Yeah, I mean, what, what we saw tonight's game was Boston shooting 36 from the field, 23, excuse me, 23% from three. Like, most of the three-pointers came from Grant Williams tonight. Like, it was it was wild. Like, this team is really struggling to put the ball in the hoop, and it's you'd figured, like, great defense leads to easy offense, but it really hasn't translated on that side of the ball yet, which is pretty discouraging to see because like we're holding to a team to 39 points at halftime and what the Celtics were losing. Like we only put 37 up, like, come on, like you, you got to find ways to be better on the offensive side of the ball, especially when you're able to hold teams under such low scoring. You can't, you've got to be able to come out and just execute on the offensive side, get some easy looks. Yeah, um, I, I totally agree. And, you know, it was pretty uh, it was pretty evident there that in the second half, 
um, you know, the Celtics were driving to the rim much more in the first half. You know, they still were settling for some three-pointers, but it wasn't kind of just like uh, this, you know, spray and pray, so to speak. Like, you know, it feels like the Celtics and a lot of teams, honestly, you know, in the last few years have really fallen in love with the three. Um, and, you know, when they're not dropping, they just kind of have to adjust and, you know, attack the rim. And I believe they started doing that a little more in the third quarter. I'm sure that's something Ime hit on, um, you know, at halftime. But, you know, Patrick, you've been you've been pounding the table for Neesmith, uh, you know, to come in. He's definitely somebody who can provide some shooting for the team. And he actually started the second half tonight. You know, he only got 10 minutes. Um, but, you know, he had some good plays. And, you know, I'm, I, I'm, I need to see 10 to 15 minutes of Neesmith every night now. I, I'm right there. I'm, I'm on the picket, picket line with you, Patrick. I need to see, you know, some Neesmith every single night. There's no excuse. Yeah, Aaron Neesmith needs to – he needs more playing time at this rate, like especially when you don't have Jalen Brown available. Like I just don't see – I mean, Marcus Smart played 37 minutes, right? He didn't need to play 37 minutes. Maybe Marcus Smart plays 32 minutes, and those extra five minutes go to Aaron Neesmith. Like, and then Aaron Neesmith is now around 16 minutes for the game. That sounds a lot better to me. Uh, I just – I don't understand – why it seems that they don't want to give him any more minutes than he's getting. Because every time that we see to watch him, man, a lot of the time he's producing something. And he was good on both ends. He forced a tough shot, and then on the other end, he got a, an aggressive layup, finished strong. Like, he's he showed all the resemblance of what we saw a little bit in the summer league that we enjoyed a lot. And it's just been frustrating, man. It's, it's been really aggravating watching his minutes go up and down, up and down. Like, just a little bit of consistency would be nice for him. I mean, like like I said, I'm right there with you as far as wanting him to play. I do think I can kind of understand Ime, you know, working him up to speed because, you know, he kind of, you know, I liken him to a chicken running around with his head cut off sometimes. You know, he just is all over the place, out of control. So I can understand Ime getting him up to speed. But I think now we're at the point where, like, I know we're not that many games into the season. We're only, what, I want to say 14 games. What are we, 7-7, seven seven, Patrick? Is that correct? I believe so. Yeah, that is correct. I think we are seven and seven now. So fourteen games into the season, you know, I need to see. Uh, I know it's pretty early, but I need to see Neesmith minutes every night. And you know, I'm not. I'm not quite there on Pritchard. You know, as much as I love Pritchard shooting, um, I need you to contribute in multiple ways, or at least I think you should contribute in multiple facets while you're on the court. Um, you know, which I think Pritchard is, you know, kind of struggling with right now. You know. He's not attacking too well off the dribble. Like, you know, he smoked a bunny tonight. He made a really good play to get all the way to the rim. You know, you got to just finish that, though. Um, you know, that's not helping you, uh, you know, secure more playing time, missing layups. But, you know, I really just want to see Neesmith get, you know, around. I mean, he got 10 minutes, but 12 to 15. I'm not even I'm not asking for anything crazy. 12 to 15 would be, a, you know, a nice range of minutes every single night, though. Yeah, no, I think the thing with Aaron Neesmith right now is like you know, he needs to start hitting his, his threes to really get onto the, the court more often. Um, it was encouraging to see him drive and, and be like, hey, I'm not only just a shooter, I can I can drive and get buckets too. But also, like, your calling card is this team needs shooting. You know, you go out here and you you have you string together three or four games of, of some good three-point shooting, you're going to be knocking on the door of 15-plus minutes a game. Like, that's just how you're going to get there. And uh, that's the only pushback I can see right now for Aaron Smith is that like his threes are inconsistent. That one game where he came out and kind of gives some fire and was hot, but he really hasn't shown much from the perimeter since then. 
Yeah, totally agree. Once he starts knocking them down, I'm sure, you know, we'll see his minutes increase. Uh, you know, there will definitely be a correlation between those two things. But, uh, you know, something I've been harping on, like you've been harping on Neesmith, is rebounding. And, you know, the last three games, the Bucks game and the Cavaliers games, um, you know, the Celtics have had more offensive rebounds than the other team. And, you know, they're limiting the offensive rebounds to a, you know, pretty low number. Seems like they are boxing out, you know, Obviously, they're still the the issue is still there to some degree. You know, they're not perfect with it, but I do think we have seen the rebounding incrementally improve uh, over the last you know week and a half, two weeks. Yeah, and shout out, shout out to uh, you know um, the team for rebounding well because I mean the first Cavs game after the back to back, I was like looking at it, I was going Jared Allen and Evan Mobley, and we had. Robert Williams, 6'9", and Grant Williams starting. And I was like, oh, man, if there's something that's going to be a problem. It's going to be our size in this one. We're going to give up a lot of too many too many rebounds, extra possessions. It's going to be rough out here, size. But that was not the case, man. We just we got outshot. You know, the, this is the shooting that, that's been hurting us at ultimately is not being able to keep up with teams. It's like, oh, yeah, we can hold a team to 35% from three, and that's good. You know, you can live with that. You're like, that's good. But when you're shooting like 20, 22% per- Hello, Patrick? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. Okay, I think you cut out. You cut out for a sec. This was at 2945. We were silent for a few, few seconds there. But, um, if you just want to continue your thoughts, sorry, just you know maybe restart. No, yeah, all I was saying was I'm impressed with the way that this team has has bounced back and is really crashing on the boards, especially when some of these games that looked like the size was not going to be in their favor. So, right. so, so to touch on that game you mentioned, you know, the game with no Al. Um, so Rob was our leading rebounder, um, and you know the next the next closest person was Romeo. He had six, and Grant had five. Uh, Robert Williams had 16 boards in that in that loss against the Cavaliers. So he shout out to him. He really held down the glass as much as he could. Uh, you know, 16 rebounds, man. That's really positive from Rob. Um, you know, he's not known as like a guy who dominates the glass, um, but he certainly has the athletic prowess to make an impact. So that was good to see. You know, good to see Romeo chipping in six rebounds. Um, you know, maybe would have liked to see more than four rebounds from Tatum, but I don't want to nitpick too hard, but. Yeah, man, I was really impressed with Rob in that game. Um, and, you know, even tonight, you know, he was really cr- crashing the glass hard before he, you know, sat out the rest of the game. He had six rebounds in 13 minutes. Uh, I believe five of those came in the first quarter. Um, so that, that's good to see from Rob. Yeah, Rob Williams has been great, man. He's Every time Al Horford isn't there, he seems to come out and just play with a lot of energy and and really bounces back well. So I, I was really impressed at Robert Williams stepping up, especially in the absence of Al Horford. But, I mean, honestly, we, we really needed them that game. If Al Horford was there, I think that's a game that we secure and, and win. But, unfortunately, we were up 19 points, and, and we, we fumbled the bag again. And, and that's been yeah. kind of the M.O., right? Like, it wasn't even shocking this time. We like I was watching, and I was like, ah, oh, seems about right for us. And, and that was the result of it of a lot. Yeah, I don't want to – honestly, it's never good to, you know, blow a 19-point lead, okay, you know, and no matter the scenario. But I will say I'm not going to come down too hard on the team given all the players um, that the Celtics were missing in this game. We were missing um, 
We're missing Jalen. Jalen, Richardson, and Horford, I believe. And Horford, those are three of our top eight, nine guys. Obviously, Jalen and Horford being two of the top four or five, however you want to cut it. So, you know, I'm not going to come down too hard um, as bad as, you know, that fourth quarter and last half of the uh, third quarter really was. You know, that's never a good thing to see, but I'm not going to come down too hard. And like we said it on the last podcast, man, these are not the Cavaliers of old. Um, This is a much better team than last year and years prior. Uh, They're nine and six. You know, everybody's surprised by them, but, you know, you've loved Evan Mobley. I mean, we talked a lot in the summertime about um, Ricky Rubio. Um, You know, I didn't think his shooting could cut it, but, you know, I would really love him. And Kelly Green playing for us right now. He's lighting it up. He had 28 tonight. Um, Another big scoring game from a guy who, you know, you don't really expect. Oh, man, how how tough that is for us. Like, that's definitely a guy that we wish we had right now. Uh, Rubio would be complimenting our team a lot. It's unfortunate we weren't able to go out there and and snag him or anything like that. But, uh, yeah, it's – this Cavs team is really good. Hats off to, you know, Evan Mobley just being – a really good floor raiser. He came in and instantly made everybody around him better just because of his play style and how he plays the game. And ultimately he gave us problems in that first game against the Cavs and, and Evan Mobley took him home. They rode Evan Mobley in that fourth quarter and the Celtics fell and it was really tough. Yeah, no, he had that one really impressive post up on Tatum where, you know, Mobley's big knock is, you know, maybe he has to put on some more weight, but he posted up and went right through Tatum. That was kind of an electric moment in the game, honestly. You know, the young superstar matched up against, or the young promising superstar lookalike is matched up against, you know, the young proven superstar. And, you know, Mobley kind of went right through him for the bucket. So that was impressive. That was kind of an electric moment. But before we, you know, dive too much into that, I just want to say, you know, we mentioned Rob. You know, I mentioned he had six rebounds in 13 minutes tonight. That is because he left with left knee soreness. Um, you know, I'm glad the Celtics, um, you know, uh, training staff is, you know, listening to guys, hearing that he's in pain. So, you know, I would rather just Rob sit down than fight through, you know, a second game against the Cavaliers. Um you know, in a row that he really doesn't need to fight to play through any pain. You know, let him get his rest, like we said with Jalen. Give him his time now so he can come back and, you know, be ready to go when it comes to playoff time. So I'm glad they sat him out, honestly, but my wishes and uh, hopes are with Rob getting better in the coming weeks. Absolutely. Shout out to Robert Williams and, and hope that uh, he's good. I know you may already announce it's just knee soreness, nothing serious, but – being that the history of Robert Williams, anything to do with his knees have always scared us, and we are just hoping that he's able to get back to the court as soon as possible, especially with the Celtics, you know, kind of having another few games this week. We have one on Wednesday and then a, another back-to-back. Who knew? Because we have the most back-to-backs this year, and Friday, Saturday, I believe it is. So um, fun times for, for the Celtics ahead. But they definitely need him back. Hopefully we get Jalen Brown back as well this week. And this team can start getting healthy and, and start getting into some more rhythm. Yeah, um, you know, you mentioned those games coming up. We have Atlanta in Atlanta on Wednesday at 6.30. Um, that should be a good game. Really excited to play Atlanta for the first time. You know, I think that's going to be a good game. Uh, I always like seeing the battle of, you know, Trey Young and Tatum, two really, really great young players. Um, and that's followed by a matchup against the Lakers. First matchup of the year, Patrick. I know you're excited for that one. Um, I sure am. You know, I honestly hope LeBron plays um, so we can get, you know, just the full 
Laker effect. Hopefully we get that win. And then, you know, that third game, uh, the next day after the Laker game is OKC. So uh, a tough couple games, but then they're followed by OKC and Houston. So, you know, it's going to be tough for a couple games, but we should get a, at least go four or two and two, excuse me, throughout that stretch of four games. But yeah, definitely. Uh, yeah, I was gonna say. I mean, yeah, but honestly, three and one, depending on whether or not LeBron plays. You know, if we play a LeBronless Lakers, um, I think that's a game the Celtics should win. Personally, no, absolutely. Uh, guess yeah, I, I, I think that's a game where we should win. But also, like LeBron James is training possibly coming back. If he comes back, then I always you have LeBron James on your team. It's it gives you a chance and. So I'm just hoping to see if uh, the Celtics can, can pull off a good stretch here because, you know, like we said, it gets soft. It's going to get a little softer here at the end, and that's going to give the Celtics an ability to really go on a, a really good stretch of games and possibly make up some ground in the standings. Totally. And uh, before we move on too far ahead, um, I just want to circle back to the Bucks game. Um, shout out Dennis Schroeder in this game. Um, you know, Jalen's out scoring has to come from somewhere. Jason still got up 25 shots, 27 points, 11 rebounds. But Dennis, he shot 16 of 27, um, three of nine from three and finished the game with 38 points. Um, just a massive game, you know, helping us pull out that overtime win. Um, I don't know if you had, uh, Dennis Schroeder almost going for 40 on your bingo card, Patrick. Uh, but you know that was impressive and definitely not something I was uh, I was expecting to see on uh, that game against. No, absolutely. And uh, one of the impressive stats um, that I saw was the Celtics' leading scorer, while Jalen Brown has been out of for the Celtics, has been Dennis Schroeder. Dennis Schroeder has led this team with uh, nearly twenty six points per game since Jalen Brown has been out with an injury. And that's more than Jason Tatum, who has been around 24 points a game. So just just a little interesting take there that uh, Dennis Schroeder has really taken on the offensive load and, and really given a boost to the Celtics who've been without their their star. Uh... Yeah, and he's doing that because uh, he has ability to put pressure on the rim like pretty much no one else on the Celtics team, um, you know, other than Rob maybe, but they do it in completely different ways. Like, Dennis is so fast. Uh, you just find him blowing by guys a lot of the time for easy layups. And, um, you know, that was really great to see against the Bucks. And honestly, just in general, because, you know, Patrick, we've harped on the Celtics need to attack the rim more, attack the rim more. It seems like Dennis can do that at will a lot of the time. So uh, I love to see that from him, and I would love him to keep doing that. And then, you know, once defenses start to adjust, over help. Uh, Dennis needs to be able to make the right pass in order for, you know, our offense to stay clicking because I mean, as much as, as much as I love that 38 point performance that really helped us get that win. Um, you know, he's not going to be able to shoot 27, you know, minutes, uh, uh, 27 minutes, 27 shots a game. You know what I mean? When Jalen comes back. So he's going to have to start making the right play, um, you know, and passing out of those drives. But I really, really, really love the rim pressure he can provide. And also, you know, his mid-range pull-up game is pretty lethal. He had a really, really big shot tonight, uh, a nice turnaround. So it's one of the shots. No, man, I, I love some Dennis Schroeder. And he's – I'm just waiting for that complete game, man, like where he's great with keeping control of the ball, scoring the ball, 
and on the defensive side. It just seems like one of those things is always off with him each night he's doing something. Like, even when he's having those really good scoring nights, it's like, all right, well, he had, like, six turnovers. And it's just like, come on, man. Like, just clean that up a little bit. Like, I just want him to have, like, a perfect game. And I know it's – we're asking for perfection and we're nitpicking some things, and you know. But I, I've liked Dennis Schroeder over this stretch. You know, I picked him to be the sixth man of the year before the season. You know, made a little biasness in there. And if he continues to score like this, when he goes back to that bench role, you know, his stats can be pretty nice. He'll definitely be in the running for a sixth man if uh, something stay healthy and he stays as that first guy off the bet. Yeah, totally. I mean, um, it's it, it'll be interesting to see whether or not he does stay in that bench role or if he does slide into the starting lineup. Um, you know, I still think I would like him attacking the second lineups, but I, I also wouldn't, you know, have any qualms with him moving into the starting lineup given just how amazing he's been able to play um, in Jalen's absence. Um, and, you know, he's been pesky pesky as well defensively. You know, him and Smart have made some really great double teams, uh, just really great switching ball pressure. Um, I really love that in our backcourt. But the lack of shooting is a little concerning, which is why people want Neesmith or Pritchard in there. So, you know, as well as he's been playing, there's still some overarching, you know, big picture issues I think the Celtics have. Uh, when it comes to a Dennis and Marcus backcourt. Um, you know, it's just kind of a random question, Patrick, but uh, do you think Hauser is ever going to get any run? Oh, like if we're going to call him up and let him let him play? During the regular season because, I mean, he is like the definition of a, of a knockdown shooter. You know what I mean? Like he, he he's just a plug play. Yeah. I'm standing here, and if I catch us and have any space, I can knock this down. Uh, he doesn't need to be involved on the ball. Obviously, defense is the big issue. But I'm just wondering if you think he'll get any run because, you know, I, I wouldn't hate that. I, I know that's kind of like it's a deep cut thing, but I really wouldn't be too upset with some housing minutes, man. He's a really good shooter. And he's a bigger body, too. It's not like he's like Pritchard. He's not tiny. He's a bigger guy, so he's not going to get, like, picked on too much. It's more of his lateral quickness. But I'm just wondering what you think about that. I've been thinking about that for the past week or so. Absolutely, yeah. I, I think – um, I think I just saw a tweet about him earlier today that he left the G League team to go join like the U.S. Men's like tournament like thing that they got going on right now. I forgot what it was, but I think he's going to be on that team. So that's good for him, you know, getting the recognition somehow. But it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see. I, I, I don't see a a path for him unless some type of injury ends up kind of occurring to the point that they need to call him up. I don't – his path seems a little rough because, like, who they've sent down. And, I mean, maybe, it's, maybe he takes over, like, a position like Juancho Hernandez Gomez or something like that, comes on the roster. I don't know. I just think there's going to need be more injuries for him to get the opportunity. Yeah, I mean, you're not wrong. I mean, it is going to be a pretty tough path. I just wonder if – at any point, Brad and me may discuss, you know, and, and think the offensive value a guy like Hauser can provide is a little greater than Jabari's because, you know, Jabari's obviously a more skilled, complete offensive player, but he needs the ball in his hands uh, to be more effective than Hauser would. So I wonder if that's something, you know, that he could open up the offense there. But uh, that just was kind of, you know, just a random thought. I don't – there's probably not a huge chance that happens. I mean, it'd be pretty hard to see, but figured I would at least throw it out there. Um, but yeah, man. Um, who else can we shout out from this past three games that played well? I mean, Jay Rich is staying consistent. I love to see that. But I will say, 
the no Jalen, it's, it's a huge problem. I mean, offensively. And the light, it really, it really highlights the lack of creation yeah. this team has. Um, you know, that pretty much forced Dennis Schroeder to take 27 shots in the other night. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the, the shooting is, is bad right now. They need, they need Jalen Brown back super bad. Um, once they have him back, they just need Dennis Schroeder to continue how he has been offensively. And, and that will be their third score. Like they can, they can have that. But right now, that's what they're struggling with is have some type of a consistency on the offensive end from anybody outside of like Tatum and Schroeder. It's, it's kind of like up in the air at times. And they just need that extra guy, which they haven't been able to find. Yeah. Um, and then if we just want to you know, get into a few specifics about the, the 19-point um, collapse, um, you know, I think like we mentioned earlier, you know, the injuries, the three big injuries, Jay Rich, Jalen, and Horford, uh, that forced Ime to throw out some really, really questionable offensive lineups. Um, arguably the most, the roughest one and the most surprising one was, uh, it was Neesmith, Romeo, Pritchard, Grant, and um, I'm trying to think of who the five was. It could have been Rob, but still, if you have Romeo, I don't even think it was Rob. I, I, I got it here somewhere. In my no, it was worse. It was worse than that. No, because Grant might have been the five even. Um, it was. I got you. I got you. It's no. It's Pritchard, Nee Smith, Romeo, Grant, and then Jabari Parker. Oh, yeah. No, <laughs> see, I knew. I knew. It was. I, I, uh, I was doubting for a second there that it had that it was Jabari or Wancho, but like I'm like, no way, Ime wouldn't do that to us. Unfortunately, he did. And that lineup was not only out there one time. That lineup was out there two separate times. And, um, man, that I just don't know. I guess I understand in his mind what he's doing, where he's trying to come from with that. But I just don't think there's enough, like, you know, real NBA offensive talent on the court um, with to even, like, look feasible for that lineup. So I just think we were put in tough positions, missing Jalen J. Rich and Al Horford. Um but, you know, yeah, just the offense was really ugly, and it really, really stalled down the stretch. Uh, we only scored 15 points in the fourth quarter of that game against the Cavaliers. And, and credit um, credit is deserved for the Cavaliers' defense. I don't want to act like this was just a complete joke, choke job. Um, the Cavaliers' defense is really, really dang good, and um, they were just really stifling, you know, between Jared Allen and uh, Evan Mobley. Yeah, absolutely. And, and the thing about that lineup that was super frustrating was, like, when, they, when I saw it, I was just like, man – are we watching the summer league? Like, what are we doing here? Like, this is we're trying to win games right now. These games, like, we've not been playing well. This is the lineup that was like, yeah, let's just throw out this lineup with nobody that we have in the starting lineup and just see how it goes. A full bench unit when you're already down already, people just seemed baffling to me. Um, I was just in shock to see the lineup that was out there, and it, it was frustrating, man. It was frustrating to see, and ultimately ended up biting the Celtics. And the end, you know, it was the not about that, Patrick, is that I literally think if you replace Jabari with Bruno Fernando, that might have been a, a summer league lineup. Like that literally might have been a summer league lineup. Let's see. Let's see. Pritchard was definitely in the summer league. Neesmith Smith was in the summer league. Romeo was. Uh, Romeo was. Grant was not. Ah. And Parker wasn't. So, no, maybe Hernan Gomez and then maybe some Bruno Fernandos. Put, I was going to say, if you, I know that Pritchard, Neesmith, Fernando, and uh, Romeo played together in the summer league. So, 
that's concerning. Yeah. If you're running out a lineup that was starting in summer league, that's concerning that you're running that in an NBA game. And I think that bared out. Um, it did not look good, but uh, you know, like I said, the injuries are the reason that you know we had to force some lineups out there. And hey. That lineup theoretically has offense. I feel like I understand what Ime was trying to do. You know, Jabari is a microwave guy. Pritchard and Neesmith can shoot. You know, they believe in Romeo's jumper and Grant's jump and Grant's jumper, really. So, I mean, theoretically, I understand, but, you know, in actuality, that was just a bad lineup. Um, and then even when we had, you know, our stars, you know, or our star, I should say, Tatum and then Schroeder in there, um, even then down the stretch, it was really, really hard to get a bucket. So, I just want to shout out Cleveland's defense because they really played some unbelievable possessions. Evan Mobley had a couple insane blocks. Um, and, you know, I, I said on the other podcast, you know, these games are not going to be cakewalks, and they sure weren't. And it was disappointing to see the Celtics blow the lead. But once again, I'm not going to go too hard just because, uh, you know, missing two of our – I would say two of our three best players were out. I would put Horford as our number three best player this season. So Dennis Schroeder's fourth or what? Yeah. I mean, I guess he's got to be – Ah, it's him and Smart are right there. But he's been so much better than Smart offensively that oh. I got to give the nod to Dennis there. And then if we want to get crazy, I mean, I don't even want to rank our players right now. That's not even what I'm in the uh, that's, that's a bad time right now. I was about that's to say, that's not even what I'm in the spirit of doing right now, but – I will say Al's been our third best player, and that's where I'll leave it at. Speaking of our first best player, Jason Tatum, um, who struggled to start this year off, still seeming to struggle, um, was 7 of, what, 20, I believe, tonight? Yes. 7 of 20 from the field. Just not not playing well. He did have a quote here recently. Um, He said, I try to be the the same person when I'm 7 for 30 as when I'm scoring 50 or 60. It's going to come. I haven't doubted myself. Not once, neither have my teammates, neither have my opponents. Said he's still figuring it out, and in the meantime, keep trying to find ways to win. So I, I he's really focused on, you know, just getting the wins right now. He's not really worried about his offense. But at the same time, like, we're watching him. It's it's kind of concerning now, right? Like, we're 15 games nearly into the season. Like, that's that's a bit of a concern when your best player is, is struggling to hit what seems a lot of time open jumpers. Yeah, I mean, honestly, I cannot say I'm concerned. I cannot say I'm concerned. I mean, it's not great, and, you know, I think the offense, the jump shots will come. I'm not really concerned, though. And honestly, what's, you know, keeping my concern at bay is really that Tatum is managing to play great basketball games outside of his shooting, like his defense, team, and on ball, his passing, his rebounding. And honestly, a lot of the time, his shot selection has been pretty good. It's just whether or not the shots are going down. Um, so I think the fact that Tatum is caring, caring about winning basketball games and, you know, impacting games in, you know, a positive manner outside of his poor shooting, um, that's, you know, maybe making it a little easier to not care as much about the shooting. But I, I am of the belief that his shooting will come. He's too talented. We've seen it too many times before. Um, he's going to start knocking these down, and I think, you know, People are going to be – like he said, his opponents don't doubt him yet. Uh, uh, other teams, coaches, other defenses, you know, they factor in for how good Jason Tatum is. They treat him like he's the number one guy because he is a number one guy. So uh, once those shots start to drop, um, I'm really looking forward to uh, seeing what the Celtics offense looks like once Tatum really, really, really gets going. 
Yeah, I, I think Tatum, like, it's it's concerning a little bit. I know that there's been the history of, like, players who put on, like, a lot of a lot of weight and get strong in the off-seasons tend to come out struggling and adjusting to their body. I know that's something that he focused on in this off-season. So I'm just hoping that we're able to, you know, shake off this rust a bit and he, he trends back forward um, in a better direction. But it, it's really been – just missing open looks, and he's going. Once we'll start hitting, like this team is going to look so much better offensively. It's going to unlock another tier for them. Allow them to play a lot better. You know, maybe this we're maybe a year or two early on the MVP. You know, race for if you take him, maybe he still needs another year or two uh, to develop and, and get some better pieces around them, especially some shooters. But I, I think ultimately this team is needing some shooting around. So we don't have to rely on Jason Tatum to be out Tatum there. Tatum Hauser. No, I'm just 30, 40. You know? <laughs> like, yeah, I mean, it's, it's someone, you know, like, I mean, I'm, I'm watching like the Bucks, and, you know, they have guys like Chris Middleton out and, you know, Drew Holiday missed some time and stuff like that. You've got Grayson Allen. He's just a, a certified bucket. You know, we, we saw him in that Bucks game just getting some nice shots off. Like, I just don't, I don't look at this team and I don't, Find that person is just like wow. He could just come out and just give us buckets. That's not Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown. Like you're pretty confident with them shooting the ball kind of wildly, you know. And it's just it's kind of frustrating. Yeah, no, it, it definitely is. Uh, definitely, is a little frustrating. Um, you know, you do wonder where the shooting is going to come from. I believe that Neesmith is going to see more of an uptick in minutes, like we've mentioned time and time again. Um, hopefully, that'll be helpful. But, you know, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, like, I'm just – I'm not ruling out Tatum having an MVP, like, level season. Obviously, it's hard to see him winning an award like that after 15 games where he's played so poorly, uh, you know, as far as scoring the ball. But he – I just have a feeling he's going to go on a tear. Um, and I'm not going to be the one to say that I thought Tatum was, uh, you know, out of juice. You know, I know that's not what you're saying, but I'm sure there are a lot of Celtics fans out there panicking. And I don't think uh, – I don't think it's at all time to panic yet. I mean, it's 15 games in, you know. Now, if you we get to out Christmas, Jalen Brown's uh, brand right there for a second, you said they're running out of juice, you know. <laughs> Listen, I don't ever want to run out of juice because I want to stay stocked with my hoodies, my T-shirts, my beanies. Jalen, please sponsor us. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, I don't. I, I just think, you know, when Tatum starts to go on a tear, um, a lot of people are going to, you know, act like – you know, they weren't scared of, you know, him having a rough go of it. But, you know, I won't be one of those people. I think he's going to come around and he's going to go on that big tear. But, you know, Christmas Day, Patrick, talk to me. If Tatum's really shooting sub 40% both categories, um, you know, come Christmas Day, then I'll be really concerned. But, uh, you know, give me until then. And then, and then. and then, you know, I'll let you know if I'm concerned or not. Well, you got to give us till Christmas now, guys. Not 15, 20 games anymore. No, this is specifically it's halfway point. It's a halfway point now. Listen, is that really halfway through the season? I mean, it's it's, it's close. I mean, no, yeah, maybe actually, it might be close to it's probably about. Let's see, it's probably about twenty. Probably about thirty games now. Yeah, that's about to say probably. All right, so yeah, on we Christmas we have one. Yeah, yeah, it's about it's about thirty games. No, but I'm saying this is to Tatum specifically. You know what I mean? Like, if he's still struggling shooting the ball, then we can talk about, you know, okay, there's a cause for concern. Um, but, you know, 
until then, you know, I think Tatum. I mean, we're almost a quarter through the season, man, and he's had like two good shooting games. Yeah, I think it's a lot. Of- he's on pace. He's on pace for like eight good shooting games right now. Yeah, I'm sure he'll have 20 by the end of the year. Um, you know, I think the new ball. Oh, you heard it here, guys. You heard it here, folks. He said 20. 20 yeah, good he- shooting games. Uh, I'll stand by that every single time. At least 20. That's shooting over 45% from the field. If we're, that's what my line of good is, that's what I'll count it as. Um, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Patrick, honestly, I don't know. I feel like we covered the three games, you know, we in general pretty well. Um, you know, like we said, they were two and one. I don't know if you have any other specific, specific things you wanted to touch on. Uh, no, I'm gonna just make sure that you guys head over to manscape.com uh, to go pick up your new tool. You make sure they keep that beard nice and trimmed, especially for the winter time. And you can grow it out, but make sure it's nice and even for you. Or if you you're not feeling the beard, man, you just want to cut the thing off. You know, get go ahead and go ahead and get the lawnmower and get to work. You know, and, and get that cleared up. Just use our promotional code Hoopball20 to get 20% off and be able to yeah, trim all the manly parts and all the <laughs> How did you oh, okay, say that? so <laughs> oh, okay, so for those who aren't here um, on Spotify Green Room, somebody made a comment down. I think referring to the last ad read I made, where I just said some terrible. I, I'm just gonna leave the ad reads to Patrick. Is basically what I'm saying. So go to Manscaped, use our promo code Hoopball20, um, so you can make sure to trim your nice facial beard. Um, you know if you. Did you just hear what I Absolutely. said? Absolutely. And uh, make sure you guys... That's why I leave this up to you, Patrick. Facial beard, you know. <laughs> hey, you know, mustache. You're just telling people who have mustache, it's not for them. But, uh, yeah, make sure you guys head over to Apple Podcasts. Make sure you leave a five-star rating. Um, also, review would be wonderful. You also got um, us on Spotify. Make sure you guys run up those streams, listen to us. Tell your friends, tell your family members. Check out the Hoopball Celtics. You can follow us on Twitter at Hoopball Celtics. You can also follow me at Ball and Opinions. Lucas, where can they follow You can follow me at Luca underscore Gainer on, uh, on Twitter. And, you know, follow Patrick. Follow the show, Hoopball Celtics. Um, you know, Patrick live tweets out from the, uh, from the Hoopball account. You know, he's always tweeting some good things. So, you know, make sure to follow him. Check that out. Like Patrick said, rate, review, subscribe. Uh, that really helps us out. Um, yeah, that's pretty much that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, man. All right, Lucas, I'm going to catch you on the flip side. And thank you guys all for tuning in. Have a wonderful rest of your Sunday night. Yes, we'll see you Wednesday. All right. All right. Go Niners. <laughs> yes. Presentation.